Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? still gives it to us. (laughs) But the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. These men do not fear. The vine dressers do not fear the owner. Because why? Because he's gone away and he hasn't visited uh, himself. And I think this is so important to remember because, you know, these men had to willingly do that. These vine dressers in the story, they had to willingly rebel. They had to willingly forget who the owner was. They had to willingly rebel and go against him. And, you know, I was thinking about this and praying about this. And one of the things that came to mind was 2 Peter chapter 3. Just recently, in the last couple of weeks, I was talking to some Christian pastors. And they were telling me they no longer believe in the rapture. One of them believes in it, but he, he now changes his opinion about when it's going to happen. And one of them was just kind of mockingly saying, you know, the same thing that we hear all the time. Oh, yeah, you guys, you've been talking about that at Calvary Chapel for so many years. And Pastor Chuck predicted it more than once. And how come you guys are always obsessed with this? And... Uh, I don't even defend that stuff anymore. I just go, okay, whatever. Um, We're going to go forward and we're going to believe because the scripture tells us we're to be ready. And it's called our blessed hope for a reason. But 2 Peter, I was brought to mind as I was studying this out and thinking about people in these days that are similar in the sense that they just reject the truth of God. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 through 4 says this, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. You see, they have an idea and they have an understanding of scripture. So what they have to do is willingly forget. And that's what we find out in verse five. It says, for this, they willingly forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. I see this a lot today where people kind of discount the flood as, oh, you know, it's a myth. Or they just won't even talk about the judgment that once came on this planet. The judgment that came on this planet was because the people became so sinful, so evil, so rebellious, and God had to wipe them out. Start fresh with Noah. I won't go into all the theology of that. But here's the thing. God is bringing judgment again. We know he's going to bring it by fire this time. And we have to be aware of that because, number one, it should provoke us to live holy and righteous before the Lord. And number two, we want to take as many people with us as possible. A new ark is being built. It's called the rapture of the church. And yet, people many times in today's church, they hold the doctrines of the good report. You know, there's a whole movement out there. We've talked about it several times that declare that the church is going to just get bigger and bigger and better and better and take over all the elements of society. And we're going to usher in the kingdom of God. Okay, good luck with that. That's not what the scripture tells us. But yet they would rather believe that because they want to hear a good report. They don't want to, like Zedekiah and like the other kings of Israel and Judah, 
They didn't want to hear the true word of God. They didn't want to hear judgment is coming. All they wanted to hear was a good report. Oh, don't talk to me about all that stuff. Buffet Christianity. I just want to hear about health and blessing and wealth and finances and you know, prosperity. And man, I'm, you know, I'm going to conquer. I'm going to declare. I'm going to command God. And they only want to hear a good report. And that is such a trap because the truth is, this passage goes on to say, verse 7, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. And so those who mock the coming of the Lord, those who aren't saved, those who aren't Christians, they don't realize that just like the vine dressers, just like those who, who killed and who injured and who beat the servants, and God was so patient sending more, the same thing is going on right now in our world. Do you understand? We get frustrated as Christians. We wake up like this morning, waking up and getting all those texts. And, you know, and as I get older, it hurts to get up. You guys know what I'm talking about. And it's only going to I've already been told by some of you who are older than me, it's only going to get worse. Thank you for that report. <laughs> but here's the thing. You know, when we, when we look at this, God is, he's not willing that any should perish. He's being patient just like this owner of the vineyard, because he is the owner of the vineyard. And right now, the whole world is the vineyard. And the world is turning against him. We see this constantly. Rebellion is everywhere, even among so-called Christians. And yet, they persecute, they kill his people, his servants. And we cry out, Lord, why aren't you here? Lord, I wish you would just come today. And I do. I wish the Lord would come right now. I would love that. I would love the fact that we hear that trumpet and all of us would be standing in heaven together in that moment. I would love it. But I know the Lord is not slack. Second <laughs> Peter 3, 8-9 says this, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. One time I heard a pastor talk about this, and he was asking the congregation, he said, all of you raise your hands if uh, you came to the Lord, you know, more than 20 years ago. And then he said, how about 10 years? And then he explained, he says, all of those who got saved, what if the Lord would have raptured the church before that? You know, have you ever thought, look, we... We are basking in the grace and the mercy of our Lord. We're saved. We're born again. So we got our place on the new ark, right? We can't wait because we're going to hear that trumpet and go home. But what about all those people out there that God still loves? That God died for? Our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came down here and died for them too. And, and I, I get it. And I, it's hard not to be selfish about the rapture. And we do want that because it is our blessed hope. But we also know there's a whole generation out there that we need to reach. We need to get them on the ark. And he is not willing that any should perish. And this is why he's tarried and continues to tarry. Now, he will come when he comes. But let us keep that in mind so that we're not like these vine dressers. And we see all of that here in this teaching in Mark 12 because the owner of the vineyard is so patient. He's so willing to give grace and so willing to give mercy. He wants them to, to have an opportunity to repent and to give to God what belongs to God. The fruit of the harvest. In Mark 12, verse 6, we read this, Therefore, still having one son, his beloved, he also sent him to them, last saying, They will respect my son. Our Father, our God, the owner of the vineyard, sent his son into this world to become sin for us. 
And that's what this is displaying here in this parable that Jesus is giving to this religious, these religious leaders. And yet, it didn't really matter to these sinful men in the story, to these vine dressers. Look at verses 7 and 8. But those vine dressers said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. Wow. And we know that's exactly what would happen. This was prophecy. Jesus is telling them what they're going to do to him. And it's so heartbreaking when you think about it because they thought if they killed the son, they'd inherit the land. It would be theirs to have power and control and all the prophets. Just think of the foolishness in that. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I'm always reminded of the story of Judas about this point. You know, but look at this. In verse 9, Jesus asks these men a question. And they still aren't seeing it. Verse 9, he says, Therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the vine dressers and give the vineyard to others. Now understand this. Right here in Mark 12, 9, remember we get the full counsel of God's word. We look at a parallel passage in Matthew 21. He actually asked this question, Therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do? And then there was a pause because these religious leaders of Israel, trying to look spiritual, not even realized that they were about to prophesy something. They actually gave him an answer. So when it says, therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do? There's a pause in Matthew 21, 41, where you read this. They said to him, he will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render to him the fruits in their seasons. Romans 11 talks all about this. God is not done with Israel. He is not done with them. He has seven more years to deal with them corporately. And one third, we know all of Israel will be saved at that time during the tribulation. But Romans 11 tells us they were blinded in part. There's always a faithful remnant of Israeli Christians, of Hebrew Christians. But he blinded them in part because of the rejection of Messiah, of Yeshua, of Jesus, our Lord. He blinded them. And what did he do? The church became full of Gentiles. (laughs) Those that the, the Jews of that day thought were dogs. He gave his vineyard to others. But the Bible says there will come an end to that. It's called the fullness of the Gentiles. I believe that ends at the rapture of the church. And God starts to deal with Israel corporately once again. But then when you read this again, and he says, he will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render to him the fruits in their seasons. And I just ask us this, are we doing that? He leased it. We don't own it. He leased it to the church. For a season. We have a responsibility just like these vine. It's easy to point the finger at the vine dressers and go, man, why aren't they doing what they're supposed to do? Are we? Only you know that answer. But here's the thing. And I'm not here to beat people over the head or judge them. I'm just saying this is a question I ask myself. But this is where everything comes into place. And, and I, don't, I find it a little ironic. He's talking about a cornerstone. Jesus is going to talk about the cornerstone. And as soon as he puts this scripture in its place, these men of Israel, their eyes are open to exactly what Jesus is saying. It's as if one moment they couldn't see, and now they can see. Look at what Jesus says after this. Uh, Mark 12, verses 10 and 11. And he starts with this. Have you not even read this scriptures or this, this scripture? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. 
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.